desperate to better understand the experience of their warriors overseas. So in each column of only 800 to 1,000 words, Steinbeck crafted a picture in language out of the places he visited and the characters he met. He listened for the fears, joys, rumors, superstitions, and small triumphs, and spun them into small stories that defined life in these long, tense months of waiting and preparation. Stuck for months in London, a lesser writer would have been frustrated, would have felt himself banished from the story. But Steinbeck realized that this tedium, suffered against a backdrop of fear, was the war for most soldiers. Each of these selections, filed on deadline over nine months, is a self-contained short story. Some are jokes, some parables, some straightforward reports. Some are sad, many are funny, some of them are angry, and others are filled with wonder and admiration. Some read like treatments for possible films, which Steinbeck may in fact have had in mind. Many are gems. He wrote about his driver, a quintessential American character he dubbed Big Train Mulligan, a man who aspired to no rank above private and screwed up deliberately in order to get himself busted back down whenever promotion to corporal loomed. Big Train was a type, a survivor, a man who embodied the enduring wisdom of the G.I. Never volunteer. He shunned promotion and status because that meant responsibility which meant hard work, long hours, and quite possibly danger. He is firmly entrenched in his privacy. There is nothing you can do to Mulligan except put him in jail, and then you have no one to drive you. There was room in Steinbeck's army for a big train. He found heroism in unlikely places. He was moved by the untiring dedication of Bob Hope and other USO performers, and was impressed by the crisp professionalism of the women who served on coastal battery crews. In A Hand, he pays a visit to a hospital and finds a small, perfect portrait of hope. It is about a wounded soldier struggling to recover feeling and function in his shattered left hand. Rare for the Steinbeck story, most of the piece is just quotation. The unnamed soldier worries about how his wife will react to him if he returns with a crippled hand but he is hopeful. A few days ago, he tells Steinbeck, when he was absorbed in trying to adjust a brace, he was startled to notice function in the wounded hand. He started searching for a photograph of his wife to show the writer. He puts his left hand in his pocket and brings out a little leather wallet, and suddenly he sees what he has done, and the fingers relax, and the wallet drops to the table. God Almighty, he says, did you see that? He looks at the crooked hand still suspended in the air. That's twice in two days, he says softly. Twice in two days. He seized any chance to get closer to the action. He visited the B-17 crews who took off every day to drop bombs on Germany. Just about every day, one or more of the bombers failed to return. Their crews shot out of the sky to death or, for the lucky, internment in a POW camp. His ten-day stay at an Army airbase that summer resulted in seven of the stories reprinted here, including one that contains the passage of description from a barracks quoted previously, and the small classic of observation called Superstition.
which deftly sketches the thick tension in such a life and one coping strategy. The crews ignored army discipline and left their beds unmade when they departed on a mission because there was the radio man who one morning folded his bedding neatly on his cot and put his pillow on top. He had never done anything like that before, and sure enough, he was shot down that day. Steinbeck's reports were widely reprinted, in both the United States and England, and very well received. It was a different approach, and it did not endear him to many of the younger journalists. In his biography, John Steinbeck, writer, Jackson J. Benson quotes from a letter the novelist wrote his wife that summer, after an unpleasant outing to a club in London. There were some young American correspondents there, quite drunk and consequently very brave. And then came out the thing.